Time with your host, Coach Danielle McCartney. You can follow her work on Twitter at Coach McCartney. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Hey everybody, it's a 60 minute overtime spring 2017 Super Bowl edition coming to you not from Radio Row. Today is February 5th, 2017. We are in Mawa, New Jersey, WRPR 90.3 FM. I'm your hostess, Danielle McCartan. You can follow my work www.prosportsrundown.com on Twitter. Some of you guys are there now at Coach MCCARTAN. YouTube, all my interviews are there. Search Coach Space McCartan at MCCARTAN. SoundCloud.com slash Coach McCartan on demand. iTunes podcast, Coach McCartan. Tune in radio, 60 minute overtime. And on play.google.com for you Android users, Coach McCartan. I'm simulcast right now. Got uh, 10 people watching on Periscope right this second and on Facebook Live. Got uh, two people there. <laughs> uh, so, and, and, and you. Uh, and I'm not sure if you guys heard, but today is Super Bowl Sunday. And we've been waiting for this day all season long. Kickoff is going to be tonight at 6.30 p.m. from NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. And that's going to be on Fox. So tonight's matchup is going to be the Atlanta Falcons versus the New, the New England Patriots. If you haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock, you're listening to Luke Bryan. Who's going to be singing the national anthem as we talked about last week? Luke Bryan is from Georgia. So, obviously, naturally, he's a huge Falcons fan. So, he, in his press conference, uh, had said, quote, It's a big moment for me, and I'm excited to get out there and hopefully put my stamp on it. The irony is that I agreed to do the anthem well before the Falcons got on their postseason roll. I'm like, come on, Falcons, you can do this. So, I'm cheering for two reasons. Because I could have the opportunity to do the anthem and... My dad's one of the biggest Falcons fans I've ever met. So what else to look for today at 92 years of age? W.H. George, H.W. Bush, and Barbara Bush are going to do the coin toss today, or tonight, at Super Bowl 51. Also... Just so you know, a 30-second ad commercial in the Super Bowl is going to cost about $5 million this year for 30 seconds. So throughout the broadcast today, I will be playing some of those leaked commercials. Um, I found a couple good ones that have already leaked, so that should be fun. So listen for those. That is not a mistake. <laughs> those are the actual commercials that I will be playing. Today's guest, we got a stacked show. Today's guest... Have on uh, Mike Teal, former Rutgers and NFL quarterback. 11.30 a.m. is going to be Chris Villani. Again, you've heard him on here before. He's a radio host for WEEI in Boston, the main network there, like the WFAN of Boston and ESPN Radio. Did you know that $4 billion legal and illegal dollars are going to be exchanged today only on betting on this game? (laughs) I bet you didn't know that. So uh, last night I was... uh, very much paying attention to the NFL's Man of the Year. I was watching the NFL Honors last night, and uh, Man of the Year is uh, Eli Manning was a finalist, Larry Fitzgerald was a finalist, and Greg Olson was a finalist. And um, 
first, I, I recorded this for my TV. First, you're going to hear Christian Slater introduce Eli and everything he's done. Then a little pause. Then it's going to be Kurt Warner, former quarterback, got into the Hall of Fame last night. Kurt Warner is going to be talking about Eli. And then it's going to be Eli speaking. So the NFL's Man of the Year award goes to... But if you follow him off the field, you see immediately that Eli Manning steps up whenever and wherever he finds a need. In 2005, after Hurricane Katrina ravaged his home state of Louisiana, the 24-year-old Eli and older brother Peyton teamed up with the Red Cross to personally distribute over 30,000 pounds of supplies to victims. In 2007, Eli and his wife saw that there was not a single clinic in the entire state of Mississippi that focused on kids. Since then, they've raised over $3 million to establish and run the Eli and Abby Manning Children's Clinic. In the days following Superstorm Sandy's devastating arrival in 2012, Eli worked on an emergency response vehicle in New Jersey, helping those ravaged by the storm. The father of three has also recently teamed up with Hackensack University Medical Center on a pediatric cancer initiative, Tackle Kids Cancer. Make-A-Wish, the Robin Hood Foundation, March of Dimes, Guiding Eyes for the Blind, Operation Smile, Eli finds time for them all, because stepping up in the clutch is what he does best. Eli Manning, finalist for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Millions of people around the world. It's a dream we are all fortunate enough to have lived. But with that privilege comes a responsibility, one that my fellow Men of the Year recipients know all too well to positively affect the lives of people in the community, the country, and the world. Every year, hundreds of NFL players are volunteering for causes great and small. And every year from that group, a new member is selected to join this distinguished fraternity. Tonight, we have an extraordinary occurrence. For only the third time in the 47-year history of this award, there are two Walter Payton NFL Men of the Year. Before we bring them up, Here's a look at how Larry Fitzgerald and Eli Manning. It's the right thing to be helping other people. It's the right thing to help out families that are going through a tough time. If you're going to be a leader on the field, you need to be a leader off the field. Football, you know, guys, we all talk about showing up, being responsible, being dedicated. And I think you can take that and you can put that in anything you do in life. She's making her heart show boyfriend. <laughs> he has always had this special place in his heart for kids from the beginning. Manning was an 18-year-old freshman at Ole Miss when he began visiting area hospitals with teammates and remaining long after they left. They just tore him up. That's not the way a childhood should be. You start listening to what is needed or what could be better. Well, let's let's make it better. He's made an impact in any number of ways since entering the NFL, including his latest partnership with Tackle Kids Cancer. Can I give that to you? Hey, he's helped countless families, but each one of them somehow feels like he's there just for them. You know, they're telling secrets over there. That excludes me. Hearing your child has cancer as a parent, there's almost no word to describe it. Becca, first time we met, you know, not a stitch of hair. You saw a sick child. How old are you, Becca? Eight years old. Eight years old. You put yourself in the shoes of the parents and what you'd be doing and how you'd be feeling. 
To see their smile, to see their just their spirit is what gets me. He's truly invested in this. He cares for these kids from the bottom of his heart. And I want to help that little girl. I want to help this family. And then you see it for 10 families, 20, 30 families. Hey, Rosie. Hey, Why? How can we make a bigger impact? How you feeling? Feeling okay? Yeah. What's up, pal? Nice to see you. Did you just happen to be wearing that shirt? He has any spare second. He finds time to go see the kids. And a lot of it, nobody knows about. We have a global platform to play a game we love and influence an untold number of people. We have a unique opportunity to make a difference. However, the public often doesn't hear our response to that call. So I'm really proud of the NFL and Nationwide for highlighting the great work that so many players are doing for their communities and people in need. Because of the example of Walter Payton and how Connie, Jared, and Brittany have perpetuated his legacy, 32 players were nominated by their teams for their efforts to better their respective communities and impact vulnerable people. Thank you to the Payton family for your consistent leadership. I want to thank the New York Giants, Allison Stangby, and the Mayor and Tish families for their support and encouragement in reaching my charitable goals. To Greg Olson, and Larry Fitzgerald, I commend you both for your outstanding efforts and remarkable results. And Larry, it is an honor to share this award with you. My commitment is to help sick kids. Their struggle isn't easy, but their spirit, their laugh, their smile, their belief that everything will be okay continually amazes me and hurts me at the same time. If we in the NFL and others in our communities commit to step in, we can lessen that struggle ease that hurt, spark that hope. I challenge everyone here to help some person in need. You choose, but go out of your way to make a difference in someone's life. And that was Eli Manning, his acceptance speech, Christian Slater talking about him, Kurt Warner talking about him, and uh, I know Becca. Uh, That was featured on last night's package, and I know her family very well, Uh, and I've been there with that family from her diagnosis through her remission. And I just want to say that Eli Manning does incredible work with those kids through Tackle Kids Cancer at Hackensack University Medical Center. And uh, Giants fans, New York people, proud to call them ours. Hello, I'm Justin Bieber, celebration expert. First, there was a high five. And then there was this. Grunk! From the spike, it evolved quickly. We got the shimmy, we got the shake, and the shimmy, shimmy shake. Then there was T.O. We took it to the next level. That guy's got unlimited moves. And today, everyone wants things unlimited. Nice moves, kid. I'm not done yet. Say goodbye to limits. Introducing T-Mobile One. All unlimited, all in. Taxes and fees included. Everyone loves unlimited. Post your moves now and I'm going to share my faves. Where did this guy come from? Look at him dance. Unlimited moves. This guy's got the shimmity sham sham shimmity shake right there.
need is a beauty and a bee who can make my life complete. So there's not many, but I picked out the top four storylines going into Super Bowl 51. So uh, now, number one story is the Patriots have, let's say, Deflate Gate, Spy Gate, Fire Alarm Gate, and now can we add Theft Gate to this? Because the Falcons' offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan, soon to be head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, lost his backpack at one of the Super Bowl media days. Why is this significant? Because his Falcons playbook was inside the backpack that went missing. So after 30 minutes, a 78-year-old sports writer from San Francisco, isn't Tom Brady from San Francisco, realized, I think he is, that he mistakes Shanahan's backpack with his own and that he accidentally took the backpack. (laughs) How does that happen? Someone on Periscope just say, so I seen Tom Brady with that backpack, and he's an idiot for taking with him in the first place. <laughs> I think I saw Tom Brady with that, too. The paparazzi got him, I think. No, we're just kidding. So what the guy had to say was, quote, and for all those people who contend I am working for Bill Belichick, no chance, end quote. So there you have it. <laughs> Apparently, uh, this guy accidentally, he's 78 years old. Can we give him a pass because he's so old? I don't know. But he accidentally took the Falcons playbook and it was missing for 30 minutes. Also, I was reading an article last night, too, that um, the Falcons are practicing in this compound down in in Houston. And uh, a drone was caught flying over. A drone with a video camera attached to it was caught flying over their practice. So fire alarm gate, playbook gate, and now drone gate. So, stasera on TV in Italia, Super Bowl ore 23.50. So, uh, they're watching it in Italy tonight, around the world. About 100 million people. The Falcons playbook is a prayer book. I don't think so. We'll get into that, but I don't think so. Now, the second biggest storyline is Eli Manning, who you just heard from, Man of the Year, Eli Manning, co-man of the year texted Matt Ryan on how to beat Tom Brady. Why is this important? And why is this significant? Because the only two Super Bowl losses that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have had have come at the feet of quarterback, well, Giants and the quarterback, Eli Manning. So uh, any advice that Eli gives to Matt Ryan is going to be taken as gold. And uh, this is Matt Ryan's quote. He said, quote, I received text messages from Eli And obviously, I've gotten to know Eli throughout the years and that he's a great guy. And I think his advice was, quote, you guys know yourselves and you know what you do, end quote. That was my Eli impression. I mean, there had to have been more to that. There had to have been more to that. There was no way Eli texted him and just said that. So we'll see. We'll see if the the advice from Eli Manning pays off tonight. Um, At the top of this, by the way, you heard the commercial from Justin Bieber T-Mobile commercial. That is probably my favorite commercial. Of all the ones that leaked, definitely that's my favorite one. Uh, it's starring Rob, Rob Gronkowski. And Rob Gronkowski, who's not playing in the game, is going to be in two commercials tonight. Two commercials tonight. <laughs> 
So you like my impression of Eli, right? You thought he was here. You thought he was here. Maybe, maybe one day he will be. Maybe. The third biggest storyline coming from this is going to be Chris Hogan. He's from Wyckoff, New Jersey, which is like five minutes from here. He attended Roundpo High School, won a state football championship there. He attended college and played lacrosse. Then he switched to football at Monmouth University in his fifth year and final year of eligibility. He was cut by a few NFL teams here and there, but the Patriots picked him up this year. Last week or two weeks ago, he broke the Patriots record for most receiving yards in a playoff game, which was 180, in the AFC Championship game versus the Steelers. He also added two touchdowns in that performance, so he is a record holder. (laughs) Uh, Number four, continuing along the local trend, there are five Rutgers football standouts playing in the big game tonight. And uh, it's the most out of any school, any, even even the big, big time, big, big, big time football schools. Rutgers is, has the most guys playing tonight. And I was fortunate enough to catch up with former Rutgers quarterback Mike Teal this week, who has played with and or knows pretty much all of these five guys pretty well. And, uh, and here's what he, he has to say. We talked about that and a little bit about the game tonight and strategy and, and, and whatnot. Here's uh, me, Danielle McCartan, and Mike Teal. Now let's welcome Mike Teal, former Rutgers and NFL quarterback, to 60-minute overtime. He's going to offer his perspective on uh, the Rutgers, Rutgers players being in the Super Bowl, five of them. Uh, we're going to break down a little bit of X's and O's of the Falcons and Patriots offenses. And finally, we'll talk a little bit about Rutgers football, where they're at now. So thanks for joining us, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. All right, so now fi- Super Bowl 51 is going to feature the most players from a single school, your alma mater, Rutgers University. So, and actually, there's no scrubs on either team. All the guys are starters. We got Devin McCourty, Mahabin Sanu, Logan Ryan, Duran Harmon, and Jonathan Freeney, who's actually on the IR. But um, I know you played with McCourty. Which of the other guys had you played with at Rutgers? Uh, he's actually the only guy. I okay. missed uh, Mo and then Duran and, and Logan by, uh, by a year, I think. Definitely Mo by a year. I might have missed the two other guys by two years, but... You know, I know them just from the from the Rutgers relationship and, and charity events and all that stuff. They're all great kids. So, what do I mean? I guess what do they each bring to the table? I guess individually to this to the Super Bowl this year. Well, uh, on the Atlanta side, Muhammad. Uh, I mean, he's a he is a legit uh, number one receiver in the NFL, playing as a number two receiver because of Julio Jones. So, I think. Those two guys, whenever you have a star receiver like Julio and then you have a guy like Mo on the other side, it makes the job easier for both of them because they're going to take away Julio. Now you have Mo one-on-one, and, and you can't cover him one-on-one. So it, it makes uh, defenses really have to figure out what they want to try to stop you know, in a game plan and, and then play from there. So Mo, I think, is you know, a, a really, really good NFL player. Um, then you have the, the Patriot guys, and you know, Devin's been up there the longest. Lucky for me, I played with Devin um, and, and his twin brother, Jason. But Devin, you know, he's a NFL Pro Bowl-type secondary player. He's played corner. He's played safety. He's, he's, been, he's been playing now for, for seven or eight years, so he's been around and he knows it. Um, you know, and then a couple of years after he got drafted, you know, the two, the two other DBs, um, Dirk Duran and and uh, and Logan, those guys have been up there um, now for the last couple of years, really doing a great job for for Coach Belichick. And you know, I think they execute their scheme just as good as anyone in the NFL. Now, have you talked to any of them since winning the AFC NFC championships, or are they in, in Super Bowl planning mode? 
Uh, they are definitely in Super Bowl planning mode. I sent um, Devin and Mo a text just because I'm closest with those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, just to congratulate and wish him luck. Um, and you know, I went back and forth a little bit with Mo. Mo and I have become pretty close over the last couple of years, so it was exciting to see him. You know, do as well as he's been doing through the playoffs and, and have a chance to go win a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, on Sunday. Let's get right into the X's and O's. Now, I'm going to ask you a couple of the matchups that I was looking at. Now, as a former quarterback, you now we're talking with a former Rutgers quarterback, NFL quarterback, Mike Teal. Um, who would, I guess, you rather have, Matt Ryan or Tom Brady in such a big spot? I mean, I think that's an unfair question to Matt Ryan because Tom Brady is one of the best to ever play the game. Um, from a strictly player standpoint, I don't know anyone that would pick against Tom Brady, right. even you know New York Jet fans. How can you not? <laughs> take Tom Brady. Right. Um, I think when you look at what their teams consist of right now, I think the Falcons have more weapons and I think the Falcons are a more complete offense in New England. So in that sense, I would want Matt Ryan and the Falcons offense. But when you look at Matt Ryan versus Tom Brady as two solo pieces, if you pick Matt Ryan, you're probably crazy. Now, yeah, I'm actually a Jet fan, and I'm going with Tom Brady, too. But, um, now, you were with the Patriots briefly in 2010. Did you get to play alongside Brady at all? I did. My locker was right next to him. I was there for about two months before I got sent to Chicago, and I learned more football from him in, in two months just observing him and watching the way he handled himself than, than I did my entire time in the NFL. So I was I was lucky from that perspective. Wow. And what are the kind of things that you did, you took away from a guy like that? Attention to detail, work ethic, uh, leadership. He was the first guy in a building. I used to get there at about 5.30 in the morning, and he'd be finishing up his lift at 5.30 in the morning. Wow. Uh, I'd leave at about 6 o'clock at night, and, and he'd be walking out, if not, not still there when I was walking out. Um, and this is a guy who's been doing it for, for, at that time, 10, 12 years and had won four Super Bowls or however many he's won and, you know, MVPs of the league. So the the leadership, work ethic, and, and the way he, he carries himself around the guys was unbelievable. Now, I heard this playing out in, in media all week. Is he the greatest of all time, you think, in your opinion? In my generation, I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah. Um, you know, when you say all time, there's a lot of really good players that have played that position. Um, does he have an argument, and can you can you justify it with anyone? There's no doubt about that. Uh, you look at what he's done with the pieces around him. I get it's a system, but if you look at the players that he has compared to some of these other quarterbacks and some of the players that they've played with, you know, Randy Moss is probably the best receiver that he's ever played with, and Randy's going to be one of the best ever to play the game. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's a lot of other receivers that you know, from a physical standpoint, can just do freakishly you know good things, and he's never really had one of those guys. Right. Okay, so now you're the quarterback on either team. Um, who would you rather have on your team at running back, for example? Would you rather have Devontae Freeman or would you rather have LeGarrette Blunt behind you in the backfield? Uh, I think it's hard to, to go against uh, Freeman right now just by the way he's played through this playoff run and, and really over the course of the year. He, he, the thing with him compared to LeGarrette Blunt is is he he's not one-dimensional. LeGarrette is going right. to run and pound the ball at right. you. When Freeman lines up in the slot he can catch the ball as good as any receiver that the Falcons have he can be in the backfield he can pass protect he can you know he can run the football in the run game he just brings an added dimension to the table right and I think I forget who, who what game that was but having him in the backfield and then running out to catch the dump off pass I think caught 
I guess it was the NFC Championship. Uh, you Seahawks know, the game. Seahawks. They just scored a touchdown throw on the ball to them. Yeah, I, I thought it, it kind of caught them off guard a little bit. Yeah, I, I drew it up. I stole it from them. I'm going to run that this season when we play. <laughs> All right, so as a wide receiver corp, now you got Jones, Sanu, Hardy versus Hogan, Amendola, Edelman. No, it's not even a question. I mean, the Falcons are so superior to those guys. Now, what the Patriots do a great job of with their guys is they put them in position based on game plan and based on scheme. Right. But if you take player for player, the Falcons win every time. Now, you just mentioned it. Who has the better offensive scheme? Now, you were or still are an offensive coordinator for Don Bosco. Mm-hmm. So who would you rather go with offensive scheme-wise? Uh, you look at the Falcons and what they've done. They've been the, the best team on offense in the NFC all season. Um, so it, it's hard to bet against those guys you know, from an offense perspective. Right. Now, how, how would you attack the Fal- – we'll take the Falcons' defense first. How would you attack the Falcons' defense? Uh, to be honest, I, I can't give a true answer to that question because I don't know a lot about them. I know that they, they weren't great early on, but I know that they've been playing really well as of late. Uh, I would think they you know, for the Patriots, they've got to get the ball out of Tom Brady's hands fast because the D-line for the Falcons have been playing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh in the last two or three games. Um, so get it out of his hands quick. You know, don't let those guys kind of pin their ears back and get running and be able to run the football as any team in the playoffs. If you can run the ball, yeah, you'll have a chance to, to do some stuff. Now you played with them. Now if you're Matt Ryan, how do you attack the Patriots defense? Uh, again, same thing. you know, you got to get the run game going. If you can run the football against the Patriots, it makes it hard because they've got to bring an extra guy down in the box. Right. And then with, with the Falcons – pass game, you get single coverage on the outside, whether it's Julio or Mo, you know, it's going to be a problem for the for the Patriots, and I know that the Rutgers guys are, are covering the guys on the edges for the Falcons, but that's a tough matchup for any corner in the NFL. Agreed. Now, do you have a predict, do you want to go out and venture a prediction, or even a score, or no? Uh, if I were a betting man, I would be taking the Falcons, but I'm not, so I'm rooting for, for the Rutgers guys to yeah. do well, and and you know, if, if Mo gets one, I, I'd be really happy for him. Now, Rutgers just finished up with the top 45 recruiting class. Were you able to review any of the new recruits at all or no? A little bit. I actually went down to a to an event last night on campus. Um, they invited me down and myself and, and two other players that I played with while we were there to um, kind of mingle with the coaches and some donors, and they talked about the recruiting class, and Pat Hobbs, he, he was there. So, you know, for what their season was on the field to, to – finish the class the way that they did yeah. I don't think you can get any better than that right now I, I one of the recruits the top recruits played for St. Peter's Prep this is a fan question for Bro- from Broccoli Rob D on Twitter did you get to play against him at St. Peter's Prep and if so what did you think about him uh, we played St. Peter's this year uh, he, he was hurt so he didn't play um, until late in the game uh, he had a I think I think it was an ankle sprain so he was out um, there the kid who started for him was a sophomore he was doing a good job and he ended up breaking his arm so Jonathan Lewis came in in the fourth quarter and he led the team down the field and he ran for about a 35 yard touchdown run he's a big sucker I mean he's he looks the part there's no doubt about that now just watching him throw you know I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to get used to the speed of the game and, and be consistent with his mechanics but he he is big and he looks the part now I got a question from at sign me up. Uh, do you think switching from the pro style offense to the spread offense hurts or helps recruiting? It probably helps recruiting because that's the trend in, in all football now, the spread system. Um, now I had a chance to talk to Coach Kittle um, when he was up recruiting a couple of our guys and, and 
uh, in January, and then again last night at, at the event that I was at. And, now I think you'll it'll be spread, but I think there's there's going to be a little more uh, fullback tight end personnel in there, which I think is good because you look at teams like Clemson and Alabama, they, they've become spread teams, but they use a fullback, they use a tight end, uh, and they have spread you know, tendencies within the system, and I think that's kind of where you want to be, and I think that's you know what we might see a little bit more of this year. Now the, the fullback and the tight end has been a lost art in the NFL. I, I hope uh, more teams can capitalize on those positions. They're, they're hard positions to find, and you know when you have those guys, they're, they're difference makers. Okay, so my final question is, where are you going to be watching the game on Super Bowl Sunday? Uh, we are having a little get-together at, at my place, so we'll, we'll have some, some people over and uh, you know, hang out and watch it with some Rutgers guys and then cheer on some other Rutgers guys you know, <laughs> trying to win a Super Bowl. It's pretty cool. Very cool, very cool. All right, Mike, uh, thanks for offering your unique perspective on, on a bunch of different things. I appreciate you taking the time out. No problem. Thanks for having me. I'm Daniel McCartney here from All Star Collectibles, well, kids, New Jersey. With Del- Daddy's dead. Let me guess, faking your own death to get out of your Verizon contract? Isn't that illegal? What are you, a cop? You could have just switched to Sprint. Their network reliability is within one percent of Verizon, and they save you fifty percent on most current Verizon rates. Shoot. Don't let a one percent difference cost you twice as much. All right, let's ship it up all the way to Boston with Chris Villani, radio host for WEEI in Boston and ESPN Radio. Chris. Good morning. How you doing? Good. Do you like my little intro here? I like that. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So um, let's get right to it. We just were listening to Mike Teal and the offensive scheme. What do you see defensively happening in, in this game today between the Patriots and the Falcons? Well, that's probably the biggest matchup when you look at the uh, Falcons offense against the Patriots defense. Falcons, of course, the top scoring offense in the league, about 34 points a game. The right. Patriots, uh, as stingy a defense as, as the NFL has seen this season, at least in terms of points allowed. And with Matt Ryan, I mean, he has just been uh, on a different level this year, a deserving choice for MVP yesterday, and so many different weapons. But the most striking thing that, that Atlanta does to me offensively, uh, people look at Julio Jones, second in the NFL in receiving yards, 17-yard to catch and everything else, and say that, well, that's the guy. That's the one that you've you got to stop or limit or, or take away in some, in some fashion. But when you look at the way Atlanta played, Without Julio Jones this year at times, when you look at the way Matt Ryan played, many of his numbers actually better uh, in games where Jones was out dealing with that turf toe injury. You see just how versatile, just how dynamic uh, this uh, Atlanta offense is. So that's going to be it right there. And, and a key will be the Patriots' uh, ability, I think, to, to cover some of the guys that aren't Julio Jones. And that's something that uh, has given the past uh, trouble in the past when you look at running backs or tight ends or uh, other players uh, over the course of the the season that have been able to give them trouble from time to time. Now I'm thinking, uh, you, like you just said, you hit the nail on the head. Um, Sanu, the guy that he has stepped up for the Falcons in a big way, Rutgers guy. How do you see him matching up against uh, another Rutgers guy, Devin McCourty, and, and the secondary, the Patriots? Well, we'll see what kind of scheme the Patriots come out with. I mean, one thing that Bill Belichick has shown now over uh, nine previous 
Super Bowls. This will be his 10th, uh, including his time as an assistant coach. He, he likes to mix and match schemes and mix and match coverages. So uh, it might not be a, a, as simple as just a one-on-one matchup. We'll see what kind of help they use. Uh, I think one of the biggest things, you know, a guy like McCourty, uh, he's shown an ability to cover and, and to turn over uh, opponents over the course of the season. I think the guys like Kyle Van Noy, Landon Roberts, some of the linebackers who have frankly been exposing coverage at times this season, they're still sort of uh, getting their uh, you know getting their wits about them when it comes to being able to cover uh, tight ends or, or running backs out of the backfield. I think that's something uh, that could be a potential Achilles' heel for the, the Patriots and something they're going to have to watch for uh, throughout the course of this game. Now we've seen the Falcons' running backs, Devontae Freeman, Trevin Coleman. They have uh, you know. Caught, I think caught the Seahawks uh, off guard with, with the way they can catch the ball out of the backfield. How do you think the Patriots are going to defensively you know, stop that? Yeah, that's what, again, going back to so many different receiving threats. I mean, Freeman and Coleman are, uh, are burners. Those guys can move, and they're, they're dual threats. So they're just as dangerous uh, trying to catch the ball out of the backfield as they are running the football. So th- that's why, again, I think you see a lot of sub-packages from the Patriots, versions of nickel and dime coverage. Um, maybe with a, a Belichickian wrinkle of some kind, who knows? But I think you see a lot of the extra defensive backs that uh, may open up, that, that'll help in coverage, but it may open up the opportunity for Atlanta to run the football more with, uh, with Freeman and Coleman. And that's uh, when you turn to that New England run defense, which has been good lately. You've got Helen Branch in the middle, uh, who's about 360 pounds or so. Uh, and he's one of those guys who stats don't really tell the story for him because he sheds blocks, he takes up extra blockers to allow uh, other players to come in and make tackles, but he's going to be very important in this game. And then you just look at the rest of the guys who, who try to set the edge for the uh, for the Patriots on the defensive front, guys like Ninkovich and Chris Long, and uh, those are going to be the players that uh, that need to step up and, and, and really play well to limit the running game for Atlanta because, again, I think there's a good chance you see those extra defensive backs out on the field with just the, the sheer number of guys that can catch the ball and that can make big plays for the Falcons and for Matt Ryan. Now, you know, you get this far into the season, it's, it becomes not about the primary players. It becomes the secondary, the tertiary players. Uh, who, I guess, between both of both teams, who do you think is your single X factor? Who's going to have the big game, the breakout game today on either team? I do love a good tertiary player. Uh, for, for the Patriots, a guy that jumps to mind for me, and someone we've talked about, is how about Chris Hogan? That's a guy who That's right. has accounted for a large chunk of, of Brady's passing yards and the Patriots' offensive yards uh, in the postseason. And this is without Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Julian Edelman is obviously going to be a focal point both for the Patriots' offense and, of course, for uh, the Atlanta defense. Martellus Bennett's a good, uh, you know, been a good target at tight end. But Hogan, one of the things that's really jumped out over the past several weeks. He's not only a guy that's been able to get open in sort of those short uh, short routes and intermediate routes, but he's been a little bit more of a, a deep threat. Not necessarily, uh, as the cliche would go, a take-the-top-off-the-defense kind of guy, but he's a guy that can find some space. He's a guy that can really uh, uh, find uh, different ways to, to get downfield and, and pick up chunk yardage, which is uh, a little bit more of a, a part of his game. I think it's been more of a part of his game uh, over the past um, – uh, several weeks, especially going into the postseason. We've seen it. He's been a big, big part uh, of the Patriots' offense. I, I don't know if, uh, and for the Falcons, I don't know if this guy counts as a, uh, a secondary player um, because he led the NFL in sacks. But the guy that just pops to mind for me, 
on the defensive side, and I think of him as a secondary player only because we focus so much on that Falcons offense and the 27th-ranked defense sort of gets maligned. But I don't know if there's any player that might be more important on the field uh, than Vic Beasley. And the, the only uh, formula, the, the, the one thing that we've seen in the postseason that has consistently stymied Tom Brady and has consistently limited this Patriots offense, the ability to get pressure without having to send the house. If you blitz, a guy like Brady eventually will pick you apart. Most great quarterbacks will. But if you can get pressure with three to four rushers, be able to keep seven guys back in coverage, that's the kind of thing that can make a quarterback uncomfortable, including Brady. Uh, Beasley is a, a speedy kind of rusher. Uh, he'll be going up against a couple of different guys, maybe Marcus Cannon Chief among them, but uh, that's a guy that I think uh, really jumps out to me for Atlanta. Now, for going back to Hogan, did you know, I'm sure you know, his uh, nickname was 7-Eleven. Reggie Bush gave it to him because he's open all the time. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. He certainly has been the last few weeks. All right, so in the clutch now, do you, I know you might be a little slanted here, but in the clutch, are you going with, rolling with Ryan or Brady? Well, and Brady. Look, Ryan's had two interceptions this season to lose games. So even though Ryan has had a terrific season, and I've said and I've been uh, challenged on that by many a New England uh, uh, person, but Matt Ryan's the MVP this year. I, I don't think there's any question about that whatsoever. When it comes, though, to the, the quarterback, and you think about clutch, it's not only the guy that will make the big play, but it's the guy that won't make the big mistake. Sometimes that's uh, even more important. You think about maybe Pete Carroll in a coaching sense, and, and uh, a couple of years ago the interception, the Malcolm Butler interception, sealed the Super Bowl. And coaching is a big part of this, too. Uh, does, does Belichick or Quinn not make that big mistake uh, down the stretch that, that costs the team? But Tom Brady threw two interceptions this season. Yes, it was in 12 games. Still a 28 to two touchdown to interception ratio. You just don't look at that guy as making that kind of big play. And this is uncharted territory for Atlanta. The last time they were uh, in the uh, in the Super Bowl, I mean, Matt Ryan was what middle school? He certainly was nowhere near Boston College. So that goes all the way back to, to 1999. Uh, Brady, meanwhile, playing in his seventh Super Bowl. You know the experience that uh, that this entire Patriots team has. So if it comes down to to that kind of a factor. You just got to go with New England. I think you have to go with the experience. You have to go with uh, the fact that they have been through this kind of setting and the challenges that the Super Bowl uh, presents. Whereas uh, for Atlanta, this is uh, this is a first time thing. Now, uh, you know, I agree with everything you just said. Now, what is the, the Brady Belichick legacy moving forward? Well, we'll see. I mean, if they win, then then it's rare air, right? If they win, it's five, and nobody got to five. Nolan Bradshaw never got to five. Uh, Montana didn't get to five with uh, with two different coaches. So that's something that has never been done before. And I think for a lot of people, uh, that will end uh, the discussion, especially those who are predisposed to like Brady anyway. That will end the discussion as to whether Tom Brady is the greatest of all time because he has five Super Bowls. That's sort of a trump card that you could throw on uh, just about any uh, any argument. Either way, though, getting to seven Super Bowls in this era, and then there's been a discussion around here uh, over the past couple of weeks, and, and it's been a, I've heard a little bit of it on the national conversation as well, is this as great a stretch, as great a dynasty as we've ever seen. I mean, think about it. Since 2001, there's only three constants in New England, and it's the quarterback, the coach, and the owner. Everything else has been remade and reshuffled at, at some point because that's the NFL. You can't play this game for that long. You certainly don't tend to stick with one team for all that long in an era of free agency. So to have that consistent dominance and 
seven Super Bowls in 16 years and six straight AFC championship games. Is it comparable even to what the Celtics did in the, in the 50s and 60s? Understanding and accounting for, yeah, the Celtics won more. They won 11 titles in 13 years. But teams stayed together. There were fewer teams. It was easier to dominate. Uh, if you have Bill Russell and you're starting with Bill Russell and he's not going anywhere, you're going to be successful year in and year out. And you could say the same thing about Tom Brady. So that's the kind of, of, of rarefied air that this team and these two individuals in particular uh, have been able to uh, have been able to achieve, and you, know, you get to that fifth Super Bowl, you get uh, an accomplishment that you look back on uh, on all the greats from Noel to Landry to Walsh to uh, anybody else that you want to mention. Bill Belichick will have that fifth, and the same thing will go for Tom Brady ahead of Joe Montana, ahead of Terry Bradshaw, uh, ahead of Peyton Manning, ahead of all the great quarterbacks that have played in the Super Bowl era. Now, do you want to go out and venture a prediction for tonight, even a score prediction? Yeah, I've had the same score. I, I usually just pick, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game and then uh, and then sort of throw some numbers in, maybe accounting for the ones that I have in my Super Bowl squares. But I've been saying 34-27 Patriots. Uh, I think this is the kind of game where the Pats are able to get up early, maybe a, a 10 to 14-point lead. But Atlanta's offense is so good, they're not going to allow uh, that team to get blown out. I think that uh, Atlanta maybe scores late, keeps it to, uh, you know, gets it back to a one touchdown game, something along those lines. Score wise, I think it's going to be similar to uh, the Patriots and the uh, Panthers Super Bowl from uh, more than a decade ago. That was a 32 29 game. In terms of how the game feels, I think it's closer to the Patriots and the Eagles, which ended up a three point game, but Philadelphia had to score late just to get it to that three point game. Uh, so I think it's a double digit Patriots lead in the fourth quarter but it ends up being a single-digit Patriots win. Wow. All right. That's very, very specific. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> All right, Chris. Thanks for, for coming on. And uh, do you do uh, Red Sox stuff too? Absolutely. All right, cool. So uh, we'll uh, we'll touch base with the Red Sox. And uh, good luck for, to the Patriots tonight, huh? Sounds great. Enjoy the game. All right. Thanks. You too. Sixty-minute overtime. Hurry up offense with Danielle McCartan. All right. Forbes announced in that in uh, 2016 that soccer star Cristiano Ronaldo is the world's top earning athlete with a purse of $88 million. Lionel Messi and LeBron James rounded out the top three. At last night's NFL Honors Awards, Matt Ryan was named NFL MVP, the first Falcons player ever to win the award. Patriots' Tom Brady finished second. Although it looked promising, the the Brooklyn Nets, looking for their 10th win of the season, fell to the Indiana Pacers 106-97 at the Barclays Center Friday night. Jeff Teague and Paul George combined for 24 points each in the Pacers' loss. LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers topped Carmelo Anthony and the New York Knicks last night at the Garden 111-104. James led all scorers with 32 points. Spurs head coach Greg Popovich earned the NBA single-season franchise record 1,128th win over the Denver Nuggets in front of the home crowd last night. The New Jersey Devils routed the Columbus Blue Jackets last night 5-1 at Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio. Devils' Taylor Hall scored two goals as the Devils won their sixth straight road game. The New York Rangers edged the Buffalo Sabres 2-1 in overtime in Buffalo. Chris Kreider scored the winning goal on a one-timer with 104 left to play in overtime. And the New York Islanders fell to the Carolina Hurricanes 5-4 in an overtime heartbreaker at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. I'm Danielle McCartan, and that was your 60-minute overtime. Hurry up, offense. We call this the Kia Nero.
But that's only because breakthrough game-changing crossover that gets over 40 miles per gallon combined and is really fun to drive just wouldn't fit on the back. I mean, it would, but it would look ridiculous. Now, Kia is going to roll out a bunch of commercials tonight. So, so far, if you've heard uh, the Sprint commercial, the T-Mobile commercial, and the, the Kia commercial. Also, I have Lady Gaga's doing a Tiffany & Company one for you, and then uh, a KFC commercial. So, we're just... Uh, a little bit reflecting here on what's going to happen in this game tonight. I agree this will be a high-scoring game, no doubt. Uh, you, you can't, I mean, listen, I'm not going to give my prediction just yet because I want to keep you guys guessing for a little bit longer. But, I mean, when you look at these offenses, the Atlanta Falcons offense, the Patriots offense, I mean, you have the most potent scorers that there are, basically, in, in the NFL. The two most potent offenses in the NFL are going against each other. Now, it's going to stack up to which defense get, gets the stop. Which defense is able to stop the other team's offense in terms of schemes, packages, personnel, and, and things like that? So, um, listen, I, I'm not going to give my pers- I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to give it away just yet. But uh, like Chris said, that uh, if you're not a Patriots fan, if you're not a Falcons fan, you are pretty much going to be rooting for yourself and your box pool, right? I, I think almost everybody is in, in a box pool in, in, that I know. And it could range from the five dollar ones that I'm running, or a thousand if you got a lot of money, thousand dollars a box, ten thousand, hundred thousand, million dollars a box. Can you imagine? And some Donald Trump money there. Um, I think I have. What are my numbers? I, I bought a couple boxes. I think. See, but you never know. You know, three is good, zero is good, seven's good, four is good. Those are probably the best numbers, but you just never know because. Anything can happen. Like, I remember the one year Russell Wilson threw the interception. He was on the one-yard line. Russell Wilson throws the interception. And since they didn't score there, I won. And I think my, my score, I believe, I think my score was 8-6. and six. And I won the, the pool, the final score, I think. I, someone check me on that. I think I won with 8-6 and six or 8-4 or and four on that. So it, it doesn't matter really what numbers you get because, you know, these guys are going all out at all times. So, you know, it doesn't, no, no one number is better than another. Even two, even if you get two, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. So, um, some of the other commercials that were leaked weren't that good. There was, well, I shouldn't say they weren't that good. The Budweiser one, a lot of them are going to be really serious tonight. And, uh, you know, I, I always like the funny ones. And, uh, I think there, a lot of these commercials are going to be celebrity heavy, I mean, you've got Rob Gronkowski appearing in two of them. Another funny one was the one uh, he's in. Rod, Rob Gronkowski is in it at a, a cleaner's. He's running a, a cleaner's wheel carousel, and the guy comes in, and it, it's poking fun at the fact that Bill Belichick never has sleeves. He cuts off his sleeves, and Tom Brady is now doing it. So I, that was a funny commercial, but there's not much to it to play for you on the radio. It's kind of you have to see it. So uh, look for that one tonight. I love the Justin Bieber one. I I think it's great. It also has Ron, Rob Gronkowski in it. It's got all the, the touchdown dances. And, and even last night on the NFL Honors, um, they had a, a category for best touchdown dance. And was it Odell Beckham Jr. with his Michael Jackson impersonation? Or, or was it Antonio Brown with his little dance that he did? And I, I'm not sure what the outcome of that was because... It ended up being that they gave the award to the guy who was presenting it. So I thought that was a little funny. Um, they showed Odell Beckham Jr. on the red carpet, but they actually, I didn't see them look for him in the crowd. So I'm thinking he won that award and then 
wasn't there to accept it? That's what I'm thinking. Because Antonio Brown was there. So, I don't know. But if anybody else is watching the NFL Honors last night, you saw the, the new NFL Pro Hall of Fame induction of 2017. And then they had some idiot guy on Fox 5 News afterwards saying that no Giants and Jets have made it. However, Danny and Tomlinson, he was once a Jet. So uh, he he made it in. I remember him always, though, as a Charger, so I think he's going to go in as a Charger. Again, they can elect that. Uh, who else came in? Martin Anderson. Oh, my God, that guy was a kicker for the Falcons for so long. How I remember him. He was also a Saints player, a Giant, and a Chief, and a Viking. So the guy got around a little bit. He was a kicker. One of the best. You talk about Matty Ice. Matt Ryan having ice in his veins. Morton Anderson had ice in his veins. Terrell Davis, running back of the Broncos. That was really well, I I remember the first running back of the Broncos was Terrell Davis. I, I believe he played with Elway as well. So Terrell Davis, he is inducted this year into the 2017 Pro Football Hall of Fame. Kenny Easley, Seahawks player, safety, only one team, Seahawks. I See, I think that helps guys. I think that helps guys when they're with one team for an extended period of time like Terrell Davis, like Kenny Easley, like Jerry Jones coming up next. So uh, Kenny Easley was a safety for the Seahawks from 1981 to 1987, only six-year career, which is interesting since I made the argument from Mark Bavaro, the tight end. I think he only had a nine-year career with the Giants and a couple Super Bowls. Jerry Jones was inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame as an owner. (laughs) Uh, for the Cowboys, clearly. He uh, bought the team in 1989, and he is still the current owner of the Cowboys. Uh, who else? Jason Taylor, who was also a Jet for a year. Jason Taylor. He played for the Dolphins, uh, the Redskins, and the Jets from 1997 to 2011. He had a long career. He was a defensive end. We talked about Ladanian Tomlinson, running back for the Chargers and the Jets between uh, 2001 and 2011. 10-year career. And finally, Kurt Warner, who's been making his rounds uh, as an analyst for the NFL. Quarterback, obviously, for the Rams, Giants, and Cardinals. See, I always remember him as a Cardinal, too. It would be interesting to see which team he goes in uh, uh, as. But uh, he was a quarterback between 1998 and 2009. A lot of Jet fans are upset that Joe Klecko did not get in. I think he should be. I mean, maybe next year. Uh, John Lynch didn't make it this year. He was a Buccaneer and a Denver Bronco. And and now, believe it or not, he's going to be the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. I think the 49ers are just purging everything that they have there. And soon they're going to be taking Falcons offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan with them over to San Francisco. It'd be interesting to see what they do with Chris Sims. And Chris Sims is another, obviously, local guy. Or Matt Sims, I'm sorry. Matt Sims, a local guy. He, um... He, he is a part of the Falcons, believe it or not, right now because he is serving as a scout team defense member, believe it or not. He is playing a little bit of safety at practice. He's doing his best Devin McCourty impressions at practice, and he's just trying to get his guys better. So it'd be interesting to see because Kyle Shanahan has come out and said that Matt Sims is, is – he, he really likes him. And I always thought that, you know, with the Jets, I thought he got uh, – Sort of a raw deal with the Jets. He didn't really get a chance. I think he was the fourth quarterback on the roster of four quarterbacks. Uh, and McElroy, he was gone the next year. So I actually like what Chris Sims, uh, Matt, I keep saying Chris, I like what, what Matt Sims can do. I'd, I'd be interesting to see 
him go to San Francisco, and we all know what's going on in San Francisco with with Colin Kaepernick. We'll have to see. Stay tuned with that because who knows? Who knows? I, I think Chris Sims is going to go to San Francisco, and I think he's going to get a good shot at the starting job. You heard it here first. Sims getting a chance at a starting job with the San Francisco 49ers. You heard it. All right, here's a here's a Lady Gaga, Tiffany & Company commercial from tonight, previewing. I always want to be challenging the status quo. It's who I am. I love to change. It's pretentious to talk about how creative you are. I don't feel that way at all. I think it's empowering and important. And I'm coming for you. I'm excited for Lady Gaga's Pepsi halftime performance. I don't know if you are, but I've been waiting for this for a very long Since she sang the national anthem last year, I've been waiting for this. Lady Gaga is going to wow so many people tonight, and I am so excited. And I've been paying very close attention to what has leaked for in terms of her performance, and not much. We do know, here are the things we do know from Lady Gaga's halftime performance tonight at the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 51, the big game. We do know that, yes, she has invited 90-year-old Tony Bennett to perform with her. We do know Beyonce will not be joining her. And she has assured everybody in the 100 million people that are going to be watching tonight that there will be no wardrobe malfunction. (laughs) Uh, We also know that she has rolled out a slew of Twitter emoji hashtags to commemorate each and every one of her albums, Bad Romance, Joanne, etc., etc. And we do know that her performance will be around 12 minutes and 30 seconds long. And right now you're listening to one of my favorites, actually, Dance in the Dark. Now, still rumored with Lady Gaga. By the way, I've seen Lady Gaga plenty of times. She is so talented. I can't wait. I really can't wait for her to perform tonight. Still rumored. She, apparently, it's been a little bit leaked that she might have hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of lit up drones flying around the Dome Stadium. We're not sure if that includes inside the stadium or outside of it in the parking lot, for example. However... She needed FAA approval, and I believe that's probably how that leaked. She needed FAA approval to fly these drones in the airspace of NRG Stadium in Houston. Second rumor is that she will be hanging from or performing part of her show from the roof. Right? 
She's crazy, but that's really crazy. We all know it's a dumb stadium, but that's kind of crazy. Also rumored that she's going to make a political statement during the show. Please, you know, I really love Lady Gaga. I just really wish she would just stick to the music. Because if if this is going to turn into a, a whole political diatribe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can watch that. So please, 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 Lady Gaga, begging you, do not make a political statement during your halftime performance. Please. Please. <laughs> So, also, we know that she's been practicing her show since well before January 16th. I'll tell you this, because she posted a video on our Instagram of her and her dancers after a rehearsal. You know, hashtag Super Bowl 51, whatever she put on there. She had on there a picture of her and her dancers saying that the rehearsal was conducted outside of a tent in her backyard. Now, that's how secret this has been. That's how secret this has been. She's been practicing in a tent. She wants nobody know to know about this. And interesting to note, when she did do her press conference, in, in indulging all these details or, or lack of details, she was wearing Patriots colors. She was wearing a blue jumper or tracksuit with uh, silver and red. Just so you know. Her choreographer had said, quote, she is one of the hardest workers I've ever met. She will be ready. She said, quote, I think the challenge is to look at it and say, what can I do differently? How can I elevate certain little things here and there and also make it about the music? End quote. This is going to be so fun. So fun. And I just hope she really does stick to the music. Because this is going to be great. Make halftime great again. Right? I put gold on my legs, my thighs, my tenders. Football! Seriously? New KFC Georgia Gold Honey Mustard Barbecue. <laughs> it's finger licking gold. I put gold. So that's the, the KFC commercial. I guess you don't really get it unless you're watching it. You will have a furniture slide it out of the way so as you know every year madden 2017 does a prediction and uh someone loves the commercials <laughs> every year madden 2017 does a prediction on who's gonna win I, you know you guys know that anybody that plays madden it is so lifelike that like i mean it, i mean even the t not to mention what what the graphics look like, what what the guys look like, what the players look like, but it is so detailed in terms of skill level of the players that I truly believe that Madden is a great way to predict the Super Bowl. So what they do is they they put it on um, like a simulation mode. They put the Falcons and they put the, the Patriots on, on on simulation mode, and what they do is they just let the game play and they watch it. And, and for what it's worth, Madden NFL 2017 video game predicted that the Patriots will defeat the Falcons this year, 27-24. to 24. That's very similar to what Chris Villani said, his score. Maybe that's where he got it from. I'm just kidding. Uh, Madden has 
correctly predicted the winner nine times in the past 13 years of its existence. But in 2015, oh, I'm sorry, in 2015, that's two years ago. I'm sorry, it's 2017 now. 2015, it perfectly predicted both the final score and the final play of the game. But it was wrong last year because I, I sided with Madden last year. I remember that. It predicted a Panthers win over the Broncos, and we know how that went down. Peyton Manning and the defense just absolutely stifled, stifled the Panthers in the offense last year. So that was one of the four times it was wrong out of the 13 years. So this year, Madden NFL 2017 is predicting that the Patriots will defeat the Falcons 27-24. to Someone just asked, did it predict the deflation? No, but did you see the meme online? They had a someone posted something about uh, uh, carts and carts of footballs, and they're all deflated. And someone wrote the meme says, "Yep, all ready to go for tomorrow." It's a hundreds, hundreds of deflated footballs. I thought that was kind of funny. Last uh, last week, I saw this guy. His name is Nick Griffith. Uh, I, he's some some media personnel down in Atlanta. He tweeted a sign from an Atlanta liquor store. This is like last week or two weeks ago. And it said, quote, we will not be selling any Sam Adams until after the Super Bowl. Hashtag rise up. End quote. So obviously Sam Adams, the brewery, is in Boston. Get it? So they uh, they weren't selling any Sam. The people get into this. People really get into this. I appreciated that. So I, I added that and I wanted to share that with you guys today. A fun fact not really a fun fact, but an interesting fact. Two, the two active players with the most career postseason rushing touchdowns will play in F- Super Bowl 51. Anybody know who they are? I'll say that again. I'm not going to fumble the question like Mike Francesa did to me. Who are the two active players with the most career postseason rush touchdowns in Super Bowl 51? They're both playing today. Brady... Yep, Brady is one of them. Yes, he has six rushing touchdowns in Super Bowl 51. Who's the other one? Who's the other guy that's going to have that has more than Brady rushing touchdowns in Super Bowl 51? Gronk, he's not even playing today. Come on, he's hurt. He's going to be in playing in commercials today. Not Gronk, no. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I'm sure you're just kidding. Come on, who's the running back of the Patriots? Come on. The two active players with the most career postseason rushing touchdowns will play in Super Bowl 51. Tom Brady, six. Who has eight? Can nobody name the running back of the Patriots? Oh, my God. The answer is LeGarrette Blunt. He has eight. There we go. Someone got it. There you go. Yes, Pepsi is sponsoring the halftime show. Yes. All right, well, you've heard it today at nauseum you've heard it and you've heard it and you've heard it we know the strengths and weaknesses of each of the teams we talked about it and talked about it and talked about it uh let's see some of the bets here uh the point spread oddshark.com this was updated 53 minutes ago they're predicting the score is going to be 29 falcons 29 patriots 21 the atlanta's atlanta falcons are uh favored by three points money line is at plus 140 Patriots at minus 148. I try to think. People people bet on the craziest stuff. What have people been betting on out there in Vegas in, in terms of the Super Bowl? I mean, people are betting on the craziest stuff. Like, I, I think, will the coin toss be heads or tails? Prop bets. Is anybody doing prop bets? Uh, how many times will Trump be set on TV during the broadcast? Over and under. One and a half. How many times will deflate 
or deflate gate be said on TV during the live broadcast? That's another question. How many times will Giselle Bunchen be shown on TV? That's Tom Brady's wife. <laughs> uh, another one, in-game ones are, will either team score three straight times, blah, blah, blah. Which song will Lady Gaga play first during her halftime show? Let's see. Born This Way, Bad Romance, Edge of Glory, Poker Face, Just Dance, any other song. Uh, the odds, by the way, are Born This Way is going gonna, is gonna to open is what everybody's predicting. I don't know. That's an old one. I think she's going to open up with a new one. How many times will J.J. Watt be mentioned on TV during the broadcast? I'm not sure why he would. I don't really know. Anyway, so um, you've heard it. We talked at nauseum about the last couple of weeks in the NFL playoffs. I've talked about it. You've listened to me talk about it. I've explained the, the, the strengths, the weaknesses of each team. I've interviewed players, former players, players who played with players are playing tonight, uh, guys that cover the teams. We have all the information in front of us. I've laid it out for you guys. Uh, those haven't changed over the past four weeks, you know, between the start of the playoffs. Uh, hello to, to San Paulo, Brazil. And what's up, Billy D? <laughs> um, we've talked about it. And, and here, here it is. Here's my prediction here. Uh, how do I st- want to start this? I want to say that the Falcons have a, a high-powered, multifaceted offense. And I just think the Falcons' offense and all of the weapons that it comes with it are just going to be too much for the New England Patriots' defense to handle. So uh, I, I do think that uh, it's going to be a, a Falcons. Although I am wearing a Patriots hat and I am wearing a Devin McCourty T-shirt, you have to understand. You know, I'm wearing that right now, and I will be wearing it during the game. You have to understand. I'm a Jet fan at heart. I'm a Giant fan even still at heart. And uh, who I'm rooting for, the Patriots, I bought into the the Chris Hogan hype. He lives five minutes from here. I have lots of connections, tertiary or secondary secondary connections to Chris Hogan. So I am rooting for him. I'm rooting for Chris Hogan to have a great game today. I'm also rooting for Devin McCourty to have a great game today because, as you know, if you heard on here, I've interviewed him a couple times. I'm going to be going to his – of going to his his bowling event in March. I'm rooting for Devin McCourty to have a great game, Chris Hogan to have a great game. And it did burn me a little bit to put a Patriots hat and T-shirt on, especially when Devin McCourty handed me this T-shirt to wear. Uh, Ciao from Manitoba, Italia. Ciao. Stai guardando the Super Bowl stasera. So uh, I got my McCourty stuff on. I hope he has a great game. I hope Hogan has a great game. However, I'm rooting for the Falcons, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm a Jet fan, and I know what it is to never have won a Super Bowl. Well, actually, I mean, the Jets have won one Super Bowl, but I uh, I, I, I have not been a- around for it, so I'm not really sure. Uh, someone asked, where does where does Belichick get these guys from? You play in the cross. Yeah, I, you know what? Uh, it, it's interesting. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. That that may be something I can ask Chris Hogan if and when I get to meet him. Um, I just think as a Jet fan, the Jets have in my lifetime never won a Super Bowl. The Falcons in the entire lifetime of their existence have not ever won a Super Bowl. So I'm rooting for the underdogs here. Well, in a sense, underdogs, Falcons, um, especially since Eli Manning has, has given Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, uh, a couple pointers, I'm sure, and by the way, Matt Ryan and I have the same birthday, May 17th. So, I mean, only leaders are born on May 17th. So that's another reason why I'm pulling for Matt, Matt Ryan. And also, he's the league's MVP. 
the league's MVP should win the Super Bowl. So here's my formula to figuring out the the final score. Here's how I did it. You ready? And this is this is uh, how do I say this? This is scientific. Ready? I took last night every one of the Falcons games and their final scores, added them all up, and divided it by 18, which is the number of games that they've played in. So, I, And then I did the same with the Patriots. So I took all the Patriots' scores that they've ever scored this season, divided that number by 18 as well, and this is how I got my score. My prediction is going to be the Falcons are going to win tonight. 34 to 28. The Falcons are going to beat the Patriots. 34 28. I want you to lock that in. I want you to write that down. I feel very confident about that. Falcons 34, Patriots 28. Lock it in. Let's close it out. We got it's 12:15. Got things to do today. Prop bets to write. Things to attend to, houses to clean, parties to throw, food to cook, and that's that that's how I'm going to be spending my Super Bowl. How are you guys going to be spending your your Super Bowl? I'm gonna yeah, I gotta I gotta do the things. Oh, someone's predicting 19 to 41. Huh. I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be that lopsided. Who's gonna win 19 to 41? So I wanna I just wanna reach out and, and thank all of you guys that have been uh, interacting with me today on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Coach McCartan, the live stream, the video stream, and uh, and on Periscope. Periscope is at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. That is also coming to you live from my Twitter feed, I believe, if that's where you guys are watching on that too. I think it's right in, embedded in the Twitter feed. So um, I, I put up two new posts this week, two new articles on ProSportsRundown.com. One was about what I talked about last week on the show, Darren Lee and his, uh, his disappearing act. I got some reaction from his mother. She put like the, uh, the, the questioning, like, what the heck is wrong with you kind of face on Twitter. I asked her for an interview, was ignored. And then my other article is, uh, why would Carmelo Anthony want to stay with the New York Knicks? So those are two I put up this week. I'll be putting up some more this week, of course. So uh, prosportsrundown.com. You can also catch a, uh, a replay of this this episode on there, too. It looks like it has recorded. Yes. So I, I just want to wish everybody a happy Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, enjoy the game. And I'm going to see you uh, here, same time, same place, next Sunday. That's uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time. And, uh, again, you can find my work on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, and the Google Play Store, and on Periscope and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. So uh, thanks for checking in. And uh, no, non seguo anche il calcio, no. And uh, Billy D with a great reminder that pitchers and catchers report in eight days. Yogi Bear days away. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. I'll see you uh, next week at a, uh, 11 a.m. Follow me on Twitter at Coach McCartan. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. To find my work on YouTube and SoundCloud, search with no spaces Coach McCartan. Subscribe yourself so you don't have trouble finding it in the future. That's it for today, everybody. Listen live next Sunday, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m.